to another great episode of the Make More Sales podcast by Gain the Edge, right? The show that explains the truth behind making sales effortlessly while focusing on your zone of genius, right? Uh, I'm your host, Jim Padilla, and today we're going to be talking about how to identify the right motivated buyers in your market something that you should be interested in. <laughs> we'll be discussing the ins and outs of targeting the right people with the right bleeding neck problem and providing an immediate solution on their specific journey, the things you need to be talking, thinking about. And really, here's the term I want you to dive into, data-driven decision-making, data-driven marketing, data-driven business decisions, right? That's the name of the game. That's where we're going to be going to. But first, before we start and dive in here, go and follow me on my Instagram account at Gain the Edge Now, at Gain the Edge Now, and at Make More Sales Pod, Make More Sales dot podcast, right? And make sure you reach out and connect. So let me know you're there. Say, hey, what's up? And let us know how we can help you. Anything related to sales and scaling, we are your guy. We are here to help you. Okay. We want to help you get clear and rocking it and rolling on your journey so that your trap, your, your, uh, your trip to the mountaintop is as effortless and painless as possible, right? Because we know you belong there. You just don't always know how to get there. And we got you. So we have a very, very special guest today, right? She has over 15 years of sales, marketing, and business development experience. She brings a wealth of insight and opportunity into every single client, right? Focused on visual reporting systems using the remarkable power of funnelytics, right? A proprietary management, financial management dashboard, right? Included with that, she and her team support agencies, SMBs, right? And enterprise organizations, alike to solve their most frustrating reporting and growth accelerant problems. What does that mean? It means she knows really well how to tie technology to outcomes, systems to results, right? And helping you make good quality data-driven decisions. So you're no longer guessing about how to grow your business. You're making decisions based on what the right information on what is actually happening is telling you so you can move forward. She's somebody who's been uh, a very uh, close ally with us, helping support uh, a lot of our clients and us and our business growth. And she's somebody that I value immensely and respect uh, a great deal, and you will too. So help me welcome our guest and speaker and very own partner here, Bailey Thornhill. Bailey, welcome. Uh, so glad to have you here. Super excited. Really glad to be able to share your brilliance with our Make More Sales audience because they're always in the need for the right steps and the right know-how. It's so easy to get overwhelmed in this scaling journey. And every marketer out there is always promising that they got all the solutions and all the right stuff. Magic pill. Yes. And it just gets overwhelming. So say hello. Um, why don't you tell us, uh, tell everybody just a little bit about, you know, how you got to here, like wh where this is, how, what's, what's been your journey? Yeah. So my entrepreneurial journey started like when I was a teenager, but my digital marketing journey started in about seven years ago. I was a traveling content creator, a lot of lifestyle pieces, yoga, travel, food, green smoothies, that kind of stuff. Paid peanuts for that, but learned a lot of important skills. Uh, that turned into creating a copywriter for a direct response, a lot of Amazon products and different varieties of direct response copy and that turned into email marketing and I ended up becoming pretty nerdy and deep in the world of uh, conditional content email marketing campaigns 
using active campaigns, so using lead scoring and tagging systems, creating these custom, really cool customer journeys. That turned into becoming an account manager for an SEO agency and sort of building out their content marketing department and supporting with hiring and training and creating systems and processes for that. And throughout this process, I purchased a lifetime deal for a beta software called Funalytics. And it was really just the opportunity to take these like concepts, these complex, you know, digital marketing funnel concepts and visualize them in a really easy to digestible way. So I really liked the platform and it supported with kind of expertise in building a full stack funnel marketing full service agency. So we partnered with media buyers and graphic designers and all the works to bring to life people's marketing funnels, a lot for like coaches and wellness um, advocates and health consultants and people like that. And I joined that Funalytics as they continue to evolve. I joined there, they had a mastermind program and for partners. So I ended up joining that and found a little bit of a niche in the white label prep <laughs> market. So I ended up working behind the scenes for a lot of agency owners building out their pitch decks and presentation slides and funnel strategies. And then they would, using this platform, Funalytics, and then they would take those and, you know, pitch them to their clients. And I did definitely some full, full service agency work amongst, mixed amongst that. And in that process, I built a little bit of a reputation for myself in that community and became, you know, very friendly with all the coaches and when Funalytics announced that they were switching up their strategy and leveling up, I guess, so to speak, to go to mid-market and enterprise, and they were looking to work with a couple of you know, power users in the community, I threw my hat in the ring for what I thought was going to be like a SDR or some sort of sales, entry-level sales role, but quickly evolved into... Uh, building out this like mid-tier enterprise sales process with the COO and the CEO and um, consulting with product and engineering to pull all that feedback and develop product. And we worked on that for about 10 months. Uh, that was at the beginning of 2021. And then we dialed that in and felt really good about that. So last October, I shifted into success and was working sort of like as a you know, senior product advisor specialist in the success side, once people onboard with the platform, you know, how do they get good with it quickly? How do they integrate it into their team? How do they make the most of this really cool platform? And that evolved into taking on a leadership role for that uh, section of the company, sort of taking on that department and growing it with our product specialists or solutions engineers. And now we are getting ready to launch the 2.0 platform at June 1st. So it's been yeah. a pretty whirlwind, uh, roller coaster, exciting journey with Funalytics, which has kind of been at the heart of my digital marketing entrepreneurial evolution. Yeah, that's, you know, there's a lot there. And, and I, you know, I normally will kind of steer the conversation, but I think it was important for you to, to share all of that because, you know, you're not just a quote unquote Funalytics expert, right? It's you, you being the expert is because you've already spent a whole lifetime in this, you know, on this journey. So you built everything that leads up to it. And now you understand the power and the importance of why FunnelX matters to help drive all those decisions correctly. And so that's the part that is, you know, if people don't understand what the, you know, operating from data and the difference that that makes. 
you know, because yeah. most of the marketing journey is so much guessing or, you know, and, and today there's so many people who have like a one trick pony instead of trying to find the right solution, they try to force everybody else into their solution. And, mm-hmm. you know, but either way, they're not operating from data. They're just, they're doing their best. And yeah, I think that was kind of what I loved most about the philosophy of that platform and just that approach to digital marketing growth is, you know, digital marketing is numbers, right? It's metrics. I mean, growth, business growth in general is just metrics. You got to know your numbers, right? So, and that was a philosophy that my dad taught me really early on. He's a profit coach. And a lot of my work, you know, for the last few years has been intermingled with his work. Like his clients are looking for online growth. So I'll work with them. And he teaches financial literacy and, you know, what you, what you measure, you can impact and grow. And I just, adopted that into the way that people approach digital marketing because there is so many things that you can do right there's so many levers to pull there's so many touch points in the digital journey email sms chat bots you know the thousand things that you can build and integrate to a website so it's like what do you what do you monitor you know how do you monitor all of that and grow um without losing your sanity <laughs> and all of your hair so that's Simplicity less is more is an approach that I've brought to growth and using a platform like Phenolytics has been really helpful because it removes all the distraction and just lets you focus on a few key things and monitor and measure the impact of those key things. So share, share an example of if somebody, if they're listening right now, what kind of decisions are they making daily about their growth marketing decisions that can be so much better informed with the right data? Well, there's really only, we teach like the five pillars of profit um, and there's five numbers that you need to know in your business, lead generation, conversion rate, average order size, lifetime value, and profit margins. And as long as you know what those five numbers are, uh, we teach a really simple formula. If you increase each of those by 10%, it will always equal a 61% growth and take home profit at the end of the day. Now, what strategies you implement for lead gen growth, for increased conversion rates, for increasing your average order size, for increasing the lifetime value, for increasing your profit margins. Those are going to be really dependent on your business model, your industry, your lifestyle, you know, the vision that you want, personal brand versus not. Um, but there are a couple of key trends and that always comes down to authenticity and relationship building. So you're going to attract the right people at the very beginning and more of them or, you know, the better ones, I should say, if you have a key, a few key non-negotiable pillars that you follow every single day um, or, you know, as a philosophy and business on the lead gen side of things. And that all trickles down as you convert more people. It's easier to sell to your ideal dream client that you know you can support, right? Not everybody just a few, you know, a few specific types of people or one specific type of person even. Right. That's been a huge learning curve for us at Funalytics is because the platform itself is so adaptable. We can work for e-commerce, we can work for SaaS, we can work for coaches, we can work for all sorts of different types of profiles, but it's so hard to grow in every direction, right? And so if you just focus on one specific person like picture one person you're speaking to when you're writing your emails and your marketing collateral uh, and you you know 
we follow like a one, three, 10 formula. You do it once, you do it three times, you do it 10 times for the exact same situation. No deviations, no, no alternate uh, situation or process is required. Then you can start to think about like what systems or processes can I put in place to start to scale this? How can I remove a bit of the human capital in order to welcome more of these specific people? And then once you feel like that, process is dialed in for that one person and it continues to grow, then you can address, you know, the other areas of the market that you can support. I think a lot of people, or at least we see like a lot of people in the earlier stages of business, they're nervous to remove, you know, 80% of the population and talk to the 20%. They're like, no, 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 I can help everyone. So I will, but it's actually like hurting your own growth and like sense of, you know, conviction and focus and direction if you try and help everybody it definitely help uh, you know it hurts the clarity and the the focus um the certainty um because it's hard to be certain about a lot of different people but when you know that you know that you know that you can help this person you know how you've helped hundreds of these specific person people you know you speak to it with a level of confidence and clarity that people just can resonate with um mm-hmm. and something i was i was actually um um, make more sales podcast sponsored by gain the edge right gain the edge is a company that offers sales systems strategies processes and teams to help you scale your company step into your vision start leading the people that you want to serve and building your empire and not have to worry about chasing sales hiring sales people managing training developing them <laughs> optimizing them and everything that comes with it right we want to set you up for freedom success you can focus on your zone of genius we are always helping people fine-tune and focus their sales systems and strategies uh, and build events and fine-tune offers. We have regular uh, trainings and workshops that happen every month um, that we'd love for you to be a part of. Make sure you go to the show notes and find the next workshop that's coming up. Sign up for it for a great deal. And uh, if it's not available at the moment, coming up, sign up for get on the waiting list so you'll be the first person in the know to be able to get that taken care of. So as soon as the next one's coming up, you will be alerted and be able to join us. Thank you as always for uh, for coming our direction and let us help you scale and start making some money the way as you intended. I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm getting frustrated with all the social media. I'm trying to limit. I'm, I think I'm going to end up in a cabin in Montana uh, on top of a mountain somewhere. But uh, I watched an interview with, with Mark Zuckerberg and he was talking about the metaverse, right? Which is already giving me a headache just, just thinking about it. But the one of the things that he said that really made sense is the way audiences are changing now. It used to be the whole world came to very few people for their news and their information. So like Walter Cronkite, right? Everybody, the whole country tuned in to see Walter Cronkite on the news every night. Now everybody is their own media station. So mm-hmm. instead of many people following one, there's so many more people who, who are creating communities, but they're smaller. Mm-hmm. And so you can make an entire living with, you know, hundreds of people following you instead of, you don't need millions. If you have that one person, if it's the right person, you know, if you have a hundred of your ideal avatar, you can make as much money as somebody who's got thousands of people on their list who are not. Totally. There's that article and his, the author is escaping me right now, his name, but 1000 true fans. Hmm. and it's um it's like a little essay i think you can just google it and read it he's got books on it too but it stemmed from this article 1000 true fans and that's it you know you need a thousand 
if you capture the trust and attention of a thousand people, but create a genuine relationship over the course of your entire career, you know, I'm not talking about a launch. I'm talking about like a thousand true fans total. You will build whatever empire it is that you're looking to generate. Totally. So let's, let's, uh, let's dive into that then. So if you're operating from a smaller list and you want to make it even smaller, cause now you want to curate it mm-hmm. and which it can be scary because you maybe go from a 3000 person list down to a 1000 person list or from 10 to nine, which we've seen people do. How does Funalytics, how, how should people be thinking about this from a, from a data driven decision if they're going to do this? Well, I think like just knowing who that person is, not in theory, but like in practicum, in in the sea of opt-ins that you have, being able to identify who is your ideal customer profile, who is that dream avatar with those, as you call them, bleeding neck problems that you can support. And in my experience, the easiest way to do that is through some type of segmentation process. So whether it's like a quiz or a form, um, something that can help you identify key characteristics. So if you're in B2B, let's say a type of role. So you want to talk to the CEO of companies that make a million dollars or more a year that are in North America who spend $10,000 a month minimum on media. That is a very specific person. And you can identify that person or that profile pretty quickly with four simple questions on an opt-in form. And then a really powerful tool like Funalytics is that it allows you to visualize all of that. First of all, from a strategy standpoint, really simplistically, so you can understand what traffic channels drive people to which landing pages, which actions you're asking people to take or behaviors you're asking people to do. So you can visualize that, which is something that I think People with like brains like me, we often take for granted. We're like, of course, that funnel flow makes sense. And this is where email fits in. And we're going to add retargeting in here. And like my brain just kind of does that weirdly. But expert matters who are health and wellness experts or relationship coaches or insert your industry. Of course, you don't need to be able to weirdly visualize digital marketing funnels in your brain. So first and foremost is having somewhere that your whole team, no matter whether they're like more creative or analytical, everyone can see what the plan is, is a good first step. And then being able to apply analytics like right on top of that, which is pretty unique. Like most of the time, especially in digital marketing, you need to curate dashboards, right? Whether that's through like Facebook or Google Analytics or Rockerbox or all these other like, you know, really great platforms that exist, but they require data analysts. They require pre-configured questions that you then need to collect data. And, you know, as long as the data reflects the questions that you've set up, then you'll get the answers. But there's not a lot of room for like real time um, uncovering of information. So the reason I like Funalytics so much is that you can literally manipulate the data in real time, like ask questions, look at the relationship between different types of assets that you've created, whether that's ads or blogs or emails. And, you know, with the use of a quiz or a survey, you can say, I want to know how many people completed the form total, but I also want to know who completed the form in this specific way. And then you can remove all of the data 
that shows anybody else but that specific person. So you can see how those people interact with your advertising, your emails, your blogs, your videos. And for example, like one of my clients, he spends like $10,000 a quarter on video production and realize that less than 1% of his clients watch videos, not even like complete the videos, but like start the video. <laughs> so $40,000 a year on video production for a less than 1% conversion of their ideal customer. Could you allocate that $40,000 to something more meaningful to collect and generate more of those types of people? Right. Got it. So if, every, you're, you're talking and, it, and I know... <laughs> You, you're at an expert status level and most of the people listening are not. So let's, let's synthesize this down into just like really super simple stuff for them to be thinking about. So if you're in a meeting, whether it's with yourself whiteboarding, or if you're with your team and you're trying to map out a traffic flow and you're thinking you're most of the time, at least every most meetings that I've been a part of, we're saying, well, what will they do here? And here's what I think they did when they got here. And here's, when they land on this landing page, they're not clicking. So therefore the offer must've been bad. They didn't take advantage of it. And then we're making assumptions based on the fact that we make an conclusion like, oh, they didn't like the offer. So they didn't click. And maybe they actually never, the page never loaded. Yeah. Maybe or, your software redirected them to a page that you didn't know exists in the ecosystem that you thought you had archived, right. you know, like right. that happens quite frequently. Very. And right. so, yeah, just being able to see like what those steps are and not assuming right. that because you've built the machine that it's running like it should. Definitely. Just, and you know, metrics aside, just being able to have a pulse of like whether or not things are broken or not without having to like actually go through the entire system yourself is, right. a, is an important thing about having metrics because it will show you when things go from converting to zero. So when you put an audit on, so like when we work with our sales team ready clients and, you know, we, we're bringing people in, so you're having you do an, an audit on their system. What are the, you know, just a handful of things that it's going to reveal to them right away once we review the reports? Yeah. So we kind of follow like a standard SWOT analysis type, like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so usually like the number one thing I see is if it's not a tech related issue, like automations are firing or you know, ClickFunnels is redirecting you to a page that doesn't actually exist, which is a really common thing. Then, you know, so tech components aside, which is sort of the number one thing that it reveals is broken customer journey segments. The second thing it reveals is like a lot of people generally put their eggs in one basket. And so they'll put all of their money in Facebook advertising and they'll generate all of these email lists or opt-ins, but then I look at their like nurture email campaigns or the way that they're leveraging email and it's very reactive rather than nurturing and responsive and generative of the types of ideas and beliefs that you need your people to believe in order to adopt your philosophies and say yes to your pr propositions and yes to their transformation. And so nothing is like, better or worse than other strategies because everything is going to be dependent on your industry and your market and you know what it is that you're trying to achieve but people try and like you know I feel like a lot of people struggle to like let go of strategies that aren't working and either try something new or and
and diversify. Yeah, gosh, I see that so much. Um, it's like the devil you know better than the one you don't. So let's just yeah, like I'd rather it. waste five thousand dollars on Facebook because I know Facebook's supposed to work. You know, right. like <laughs> like is it working for you? Like, what if we move this to LinkedIn or YouTube or supported your top of funnel Facebook strategies with more retargeting and email and nurture and these types of things, right? So like being able to measure the efficacy of your strategies is a hard thing to do. Like I, I appreciate, you know, the skill that I have because I've been at my computer, like I don't understand this for years, you know, but now I've worked through that Merck and I've created a process for myself that I do understand and am able to obviously share that with clients. Amen. Um, so what is your perspective on, um, I was just listening to, you know, uh, someone who I'll, I'll, I'll remain nameless because many of us know who he is, but he was saying that um, he's a, you know, he's a famous um, web webinar designer, but he, he was suggesting that instead of getting 75 leads from one source, he would rather get one lead from 75 sources. That way, if one source ever dies, you don't lose, you know, you only lose a small percentage of your business. Um, what's your take on, on that perspective? Like, you know, if you have something that's working, do you just optimize the heck out of it or do you spread yourself? Wider? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's like one of the things I'm not like a put my head down dog with a bone, like never look up once I get something. Like if there's something working, I will definitely stay focused on that and optimize that. Like uh, top of funnel, you know, media strategies like Facebook or Google or whatever. And I wholeheartedly believe that 90 day cycles and sprints are super important. Like if at the end of 90 days, you've, you have really focused on one channel and it's working and it's pumping, you have the permission or should take, you know, the opportunity on a quarterly basis to say, okay, if I let this continue to run, where else can, what other channel can I bring up and sort of meet this level of performance? And you should do that repeatedly so that you don't lose a limb if, if Instagram shuts down one day or something like that's a conversation I hear a lot of I used to work in the influencer industry, like supporting a lot of um, high ticket influencers. And they, I would always come to the table with like, what's your email strategy look like? How are you taking all of these Instagram and Facebook people, mostly Instagram people or TikTok to email? Because what happens if that platform shuts down, you've lost your entire business. Right. You know, not your entire business, but you've obviously like you're going to have a panic attack on the day that Instagram doesn't open because you have some people have millions of followers on there. And that's what they feel is their like email list. Right. But the only thing that you own in the world of digital marketing is your email list. Like right. that's the only asset that you own because your hosting can be taken away. Your your social media channels can be taken away. There's someone else controls those. That you yeah. can own that CSV file, <laughs> you know, that's yours. Yeah. And I think that's something that gets very underemphasized for most entrepreneurs. I think people get very excited about their Facebook groups and their online communities. And it's all great. But like I said, the only thing that you own at the end of the day is that email list. And so you got to constantly be thinking of how to elegantly be moving people from those 
online platforms into the one place that you can have direct access to them if everything else shuts down. And I have been, we're not massive power, power marketers. We just market and we had, we were shut down on Facebook for like six weeks because we couldn't get the damn thing back open. We had, you know, multiple conversations and, and we didn't even go way outside the lines. We were just doing normal everyday business. Right. And we see people. I did nothing wrong. And I got locked out of my business manager account for 11 months last, last year. (laughs) I was like, okay, uh, no Facebook ads for me for, from this channel. So it is fragile and it's evolving rapidly. So like, that's the other thing with digital marketing channels, you know, tick, who, who would have thought TikTok or Clubhouse would have come out of nowhere like they did and put things like Facebook in the shadows. Like Facebook was the behemoth, you know, but there are better channels to market on depending on your market and industry than Facebook. Whereas like five years ago that that wasn't the case. Right. So, What's what's the top hand, top two or three things that people need to be thinking about right now? Because, you know, if I'm going to start becoming a data-driven person, like what's step one that I got to do? What what do I have to change? Uh, Well, I mean, I would work with someone like myself or whoever who can just help you understand what good looks like and what bad looks like. So there are like, in order to get analytics like especially in digital marketing you need tech that allows you to do that um and having platforms like you know there's tons of them even simple things like hotjar they are compatible with some platforms and they're not compatible with other platforms like you know um platforms being like squarespace or you know wordpress or kajabi or like whatever your wherever you're like housing your digital business um there's a preferred structure to that. I'll save everyone the really nerdy details, but um, getting someone who knows what good looks like to do an audit or an assessment so that you can say, okay, here's how I'm going to track my traffic sources. Here's how I'm going to structure my pages. And here's how I'm going to capture behavioral events. Once you know that, then being able to just follow a really simple cycle. For us, it's every seven days, every Monday morning, we look at the metrics and they're compounding, right? So you're going to start with only a few key things that you want to look at. And you should, because it's really easy to track everything and get lost in the noise. You know, every click on every page, every time someone scrolls to the bottom of a page, you know, that information is not very useful. You, you want to know those, like what we call executive reports, like high level key milestone events. How are, your channels influencing key milestone events. Like if you do a webinar, how do our channels influence webinar opt-ins? How do webinar opt-ins influence event purchases? And how do event purchases influence my high ticket offer, right? There are so many touch points that you can track, but the four things that matter are click-through rate at the top, Attend or you know opt in or attendance, low ticket entry purchase, high ticket entry purchase, for example. Right. So getting clear on what to track and then just tracking the basics and starting to build over time is the really the only way to start. Yeah. Well, if, if you're in our world, you know that you know QBA is what we are always driving for. How many qualified booked appointments can we get? And 
whether that's in an event, an event is qualified booked appointments. You got 20 people, 50 people, hundred people, captive audience. It's a qualified booked appointment as a group, but that's everything you're driving for. So you always want to be, you want to have the right data, the right information to make sure that the right people are moving through your system at the right stages, taking the right actions at the right time. And that's, that's what the data gives you. And it's, it's just, it's super important. We have not mastered it, but we're now aware. Right. We're in this conversation. So we're constantly looking at it. And I highly recommend that you guys do the same thing. So go into show notes. There's, you know, we got contact information there for Bailey for you to be able to reach her. Did you have something you wanted to share, an assessment or resource? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things that you can do. Like the first thing I would recommend everyone do is really just map out what it is that you're doing. And you can do that with a free Funnelytics account. So funnelytics.io is the website. Just generate a free account and you can log in and just put a picture to what it is that you're doing in your business. It's not as easy as it sounds, right? There's a lot of moving bits and it takes some people sometimes from various different roles within the company to contribute, you know, what they do and what they're developing. So all of the ads, all of the emails, all of the websites, pages, all of the blogs that you use, just understand what it is that you're asking people to do. And then I had a coach once she always told me like, you should do the four non-negotiables every day is take care of your mindset. First and foremost, you know, that six inches between your head, yours, and then do something every day to grow your audience, to nurture that audience and to present your offer and being able to visualize what it is that you're asking people to do so that you know what you're asking people to do <laughs> every day, you know, on social media doing something every day to show them how to work with you will eliminate a lot of stress because growth is made in the daily commitments and the micro moments. Very rare that that overnight success happens. It's because of compounding efforts. So get clear, do those four daily non-negotiables and have patience. <laughs> Guys, that's vital. It's, it's, it's such a, an essential part of the process and it doesn't change no matter how big you get. If you're a solopreneur, it's easy to get lost because you're doing a thousand other things. So it's easy to not focus on growing your audience, nurturing your audience, making offers, and tending to yourself because you're so darn busy. And then as you get growing, there's multiple initiatives. You know, we're at a place where I don't have much to do with the day to day. And I have to make sure that the company is structured, that we are growing audience every day, <laughs> nurturing audience every day and making offers every day. If you don't make offers, you can't sell anything. So you have to be selling. And so you can't be afraid of positioning offers, but just make sure that you're delivering more value. So do at least a two to one, right? So every, if you're going to make offers every day, make sure you're delivering value every day so that people have more reason to want to know more. Otherwise you're, you know, you better just be so damn good at what you do that they appreciate it. Otherwise people get tired of just being invited to things. Yeah. And I mean, one thing, I guess, clarification there is offering is not always like a request to purchase, right? If you have a free lead magnet or a free guide, you're offering, you know, you're, you couldn't use that as a way to nurture your audience as well. But if it's an offer, the beginning of your customer journey for someone who's never heard of you before, your value can be the little rant, you know, two seconds that you gave your perspective on your area, your space where you're a thought leader. Um, growing can be you commenting, liking, engaging with other fellow, you know, peers or people within your market. And then you're offering those people to come join you for a free event or download this free thing. Because 
like I said, it's compounding, right? They're get, you're going to meet them there. Always got to meet people where they're at and then just take them to the next logical step. So, you know, another coach that I had, he's has this like three lane uh, philosophy. You have the slow or the sidewalk, the slow lane and the fast lane. And so it's good to have offers for each of those people, right? That sidewalk is something really accessible, low ticket or free that someone who's not really ready to take action can still get value from you. That slow lane is something that a resource or an offer that will help people get to a point where their pain is so pressing that they want to change it. And that's where the fast lane happens. So it's not always, you know, buy my program. Sometimes it's like, take this first step and being clear again, having that mapped out. So, you know, what are your offers? What are the actions that you're asking people to do? And then giving yourself the freedom to like operate within that ecosystem. You don't have to follow like such a rigid structure on Monday. I have to talk about this. It's like, I'm going to speak to this audience, this particular person at this stage in their journey. And if I was at that stage, what would I need? And, and offer them that. Amen. Very well said. That's something that, that it can easily be overlooked. So make sure you just take the attend, take the time and take the pressure off yourself that you don't have to be gathering as many clients as possible and many prospects as possible. Just, you know, even if you if you take an approach of just adding one person to your list a day, that's 350 people you're going to have by the end of the year, right? Yeah. Which, again, if they're the right person that you've curated, then that's powerful and that's going to lead to something more. And the truth is, it's like, it's so momentous, like uh, confidence in marketing and advertising and sales begets more confidence and more confidence begets more customers and I've seen that myself, like definitely in the last few years, you know, as a beginning agency owner, I was hustling, you know, I was in the work. I was like trying to make my thing fit for everybody because I had scarcity mindset. But then I started to find my footing a bit more, get more confidence, realize that I could help fewer people in a bigger way, which comes with a bigger ticket, which comes with a bit more space, which comes with more confidence and the last year I've been turning down business because it's not right for me in the way that I want to show up in my life. And you get to make those decisions, but that is something you build up to and, and you create, you know, that sacred space to, to say no to business in the perspective or with the intention of saying yes to the right business. All good. Well, I appreciate you being here and especially after, you know, you just, fighting back to health here. So I appreciate you taking the time and spending the time to share your brilliance with us. You're just going to make sure you guys make sure you go and check her out. We've got again, find her on uh, on social media, um, definitely take advantage of a free analytics account because it, just having it go in, set up the account and open it up. Because if you don't do that, you'll never use it. So at least <laughs> yeah. do that so you can get a chance to start seeing and it's just, it, you'll find out that you can just start drawing lines and imagining what are you doing, what are you creating, and then you'll have, you'll be able to take some more educated guesses and then you have more information to make better informed decisions with which, man, that just makes business so much easier, right? Amen. <laughs> so as always, you guys go make a huge difference, take massive action make the cash register ring. If you ain't making sales, you don't have a business. Let's get that thing going for you, right? Sales is about having the right conversations with the right people at the right time about the right things. And 
data-driven decisions help you do all of that so much more effectively. So thank you, Bailey. Totally appreciate you being here. You guys go make a difference and we'll see you on the next one.